All right, guys, Nord East podcast. Severance snatches the TV title belt. Sherlock Holmes universe is coming to HBO. Better Call Saul brings back the band one last time. Eric eviscerates Boogie Nights, and we wrap up the Ocean's Rewatch. Here we go. Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Feeling great, my friend. Ryan, so good to have you back in the continental United States. Not the one that's going to, you know, secede from the Union, though. Yeah, glad to be back in the land of uh, where they don't arrest people for abortions uh, uh, under murder charges. So I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be out of there. You didn't tell on anybody when you were down there, did you? Collect some bail. I didn't. I didn't see ransoms. any, but I totally would have. Like I would have called into the hotline and be like, "I yeah, saw yeah, one, yeah. but I'm not going to tell you where it is." <laughs> nice. Well, welcome back. I'm happy to have you. All right, guys. We have a big episode. But before we dive into it, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcast from, and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank you. What yeah. a deal. Thank you. All right, guys, we are drinking some fun beers. What are you guys having today? All right, I'm I'm back in that Madison brewery, um, that Youngblood Beer Co. And this one is called Spelling Expert, and it's a sour ale with a bunch of fruit. And dude, they have something in there called a winter melon. And I've never tasted of a winter melon in anything, and it must taste fucking weird because this beer tastes absolutely crazy. Um, I don't know that I like it that much, but I can tell that they brew good sours. I just think whatever winter melon is, my palate, it ain't ready for it. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm enjoying or trying to enjoy. How about you guys? Winter, winter melon sounds like a, like a Norwegian ska punk band. It sounds totally fake and made up, but on the it can, does. it says it's from Southeast Asia. So how who am I going to look that up? I'm not going to Google that. I'm just going to trust it. Um, I got a boring selection. Same as last week. Uh, Modest Brewing Company's teal label. I did not have time to go to the liquor store to get anything cool and new, and this was already in the fridge, so that's what I'm having. That's not boring. You just did it last week. That's actually an awesome but beer. I will say, uh, this beer is like one of their, I don't know, it's going to be one of their staples. It's a pretty simple beer, nothing crazy. It's significantly better than every beer I had in Texas. Yeah, we're lucky. All right, guys, I am drinking something new. It's called Mixing. I'm sorry, it's called Mixing with Barrel Theory. And this is Humble Forager and Barrel Theory making an Imperial Tiki Sour with passion fruit, orange spice, pomegranate, calamansi, lime, and almond. Wow. And it's good. I thought for I thought for sure when Eric corrected himself, he was gonna be like, I'm sorry, minting with barrel theory. This is a mint flavored <laughs> IPA. <laughs> this is like How's a cool little four pack that came in with these little skinny cans. And it was Weird. kind of expensive, but it seems like it's two pretty high-end um brewery is making a fun sour and it's not too sweet i think it's actually really good nice i bet it was expensive yeah does it have winter melon in it it doesn't it has every other melon it sounds like but uh, not winter melon um and it's a uh they called it a zombie inspired cocktail i don't know is that like a mixed drink a zombie no i think they're just saying whatever the fuck they want okay um yeah, yeah they're from they're from Wisconsin, so it's like a Wisconsin-Minnesota collab, and it came okay. in this neat little four-pack. So, yeah, it's fun. You should check it out if you can find it. That's yeah. not, that name, uh, the, the zombie-inspired cocktail, sounds like they had the label, 
and the design already created and needed to come up with a way to tie it to the beer. They're like, just call it a zombie-inspired cocktail. It's fine. I don't know. The label is just a girl pouring the drinks. So I don't know. I don't know what they were doing. I think they were just like, I think they like all got together and were like, let's come up with a beer. They took too many edibles, and this is what I, I think. It, yeah, I was gonna say I think it's an acid-inspired cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Maybe that's the name of their their dealer. Yeah. All right. Guys. <laughs> Time to move on and start with Do We Care? Uh, first up, Will Smith banned from the Oscars and all Academy events for ten years. All right, enough or not enough? Seems appropriate. Seems enough. Eric, what do you think? Uh, enough I think. Or not enough? I think I think it's plenty and I don't really care about Will Smith anymore. It was just embarrassing. I, I was embarrassed for Will Smith, but I think I was more embarrassed for all of the people there who gave him a standing ovation and were like consoling him after he assaulted yeah. someone. And and it yeah. wasn't just anyone. I mean, assault on anyone is a big issue for me. Um, but it was another respected member of their community who has been around forever, who was telling a joke. And I just think it's such a dangerous precedent that he set that you can just attack people for telling jokes now. Um, I don't know. 10 years is whatever. I just think they shouldn't have given him his award or his moment. Yeah. He, he, I say, give him the award, whatever they think he was the best actor. Then he should get the award because the award is not for best behavior, best person. It's a best acting award. So he gets it, but maybe they don't give him his moment. He can't speak. Um, I don't know. We'll never probably know what all went down. I think it's fine. Um, you know, I'm glad they didn't take it away. That's not even realistic. Uh, 10 years at an award show that no one's going to watch anyway, so whatever. Nobody will miss him. And I think Will's biggest punishment is that he's continually being thrown under the bus by her and being have to like forced to respond to like her Instagram stories. And now that like um, that one-on-one conversation with them is like circulating and he's like those transgressions. And she's like, well, they were transgressions per se. Like he's like in a completely <laughs> abusive relationship and I feel bad for him. But 10 years, I think, is appropriate for going on stage and hitting somebody. There you go. All right. Uh, next up, Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul both will return for the final season of Better Call Saul. Does this make you guys more likely to watch the finale of this? Uh, I can't say universe because I'm imagining they'll just keep going and making a new character in this universe. But um, does this make you want to watch Better Call Saul? Uh, yeah, I, I already was going to. I think I said that a, uh, about a month ago. Um, I watched the first season. I got a little bored. It's very slow paced. And then I quit on it. And now that they're wrapping the final season, it's starting in this month. I think it's, I think it's starting toward the end of the month. Um, yeah. And I, I figured that, that Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul would be in it on some level. Um, maybe they're just on like small cameos and stuff and that's fine, but I am going to watch it. I'm excited. Um, you know, maybe I don't want to watch five seasons of this, but one season where it's like tying directly now into Breaking Bad. Of course, I think it makes sense. I'll catch up. They'll give me the whole like on the past four seasons. This is what happened. And then I'll just carry that right through. Won't miss. I thing. think you even said that when Breaking Bad ended and we were kind of starting the podcast and Better Call Saul was just getting going. You said season one was just OK. Uh, if they ever bring back Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul, I'll watch anything from that point on. Cause I, I really think that's yeah. the most poignant thing that everybody wants to get to. Like, let's just show the tie in, you know, like yeah. we weave, weave that thread together and we're call caught it up. Like let's, let's catch up. And then maybe they'll show some things about, you know, after the finale of breaking bad with these characters, which 
this would be our only chance to see that stuff. So, and they can't they can't show the transformation of him from Jimmy to Saul without Walter White or yeah Jesse Pinkman or Gus Fring or you know any of these characters being kind of rolled into it. So, short answer: I care, and I'm going to try to watch it. I'm excited. All right, uh, time to move on to some HBO Universal. Uh, news, which we're kind of dominated by this week, actually. First up, Sherlock Holmes is going to have a TV universe. It's in the works at HBO Max, and it sounds like Robert Downey Jr. is going to be some kind of producer in this. We don't know who would play Sherlock Holmes or if Sherlock Holmes will even be a character in this, but Sherlock Holmes, RDJ, and HBO Max coming together sounds like a good thing to me. Yeah. Uh, This is kind of the first I'm hearing about it, but dude, I'm in for the reasons you just gave. Yeah, I think, I mean, Eric, you've been clamoring for more Sherlock of that, you know, uh, the RDJ and and our guy Jude Law. Guy Ritchie. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, you've been you've been asking for that since I don't know the last Sherlock Holmes two Book of Shadows came out. I'm not sure when it you know when that, that all started, but I think this would be cool. Um, I would love for it to be extremely different from the BBC show. Um, mm-hmm. but I know like I don't know. HBO and, and BBC kind of tie things together a little bit. So I'm, I'm hoping it's like a completely new thing. Yeah. You know, just in general. So, uh, yeah, I care about this one a lot. I think this would be cool. I love this idea. I like all of these series that are coming to HBO. Uh, HBO is trying to make their own universes. I love the crossover things that are happening now with movies and television. I think that all of it is so good for us as the viewers and the consumers of the content. And I hope we get a bunch of different things in a Sherlock Holmes universe. The only thing I don't want is like a Moriarty show where he's like the troubled good guy who I'm cheering for. Like, I'm sick of that storyline. I'm sick of those. I'm really tired of that. But like, if it was just like him causing havoc and being brilliant and being a villain, then I think I'm cool with it. So whatever they want to do, I'm in. Um, I'm hoping that we get some of the people who've been making these movies and not just their total reboot, but more Sherlock Holmes is never a bad thing. All Sherlock Holmes has been good. I agree. It's a great property. Speaking of great properties on HBO, we got some plot details about the Alien series that's coming. Uh, Jim, what do we know about this series? Why should we be excited? Well, I mean, so Ridley Scott's producing this Alien series. Noah Hawley is writing it and doing it. So we used to like him. You know, he's done the Fargo stuff. He maybe let us down a little bit with where he took Legion, but we still think this dude has potential, right? So they gave him this this huge property. um, And it's going to be more sort of like aligned with that like Wayland company, you know, that like sent these ships out and they did the mining and they were always sort of this like evil, kind of mysterious, super powerful tech company behind the scenes. You know, they don't want to kill the aliens. They now they want to capture it. And, you know, that causes all these problems. Right. Um, so we're going to see all that. And we just found out that it's it's being set in 2090, which was the year that um, the Prometheus ship started its its flight. And then two years later, it landed on that planet. And, you know, the new Mirapachi movie, Prometheus, everything went to hell. Right. Everybody died. They revitalized, fucking animated an engineer and he fucking wiped them out. Right. All that stuff is probably going to be sort of covered on this show from a different angle. So I think it's cool. I really like that universe. I think Eric really does, right? Yeah, I love it. I actually even liked the last two that were pretty panned by everyone. 
I think it was like Alien Resurrections was one of them. Some theaters liked it. No one else did. <laughs> I've watched Prometheus like 10 times. I've like, I've watched YouTube videos about like the things I missed in Prometheus. I think that these, this whole thing is cool. And actually as great as the original Alien movies are, I actually have liked the recent ones even more. And I know that's like blasphemy, but mm-hmm. they just are such high tech movies and they need such beautiful um, otherworldly um, places to go that we're so much better at making that now. And I think that it really yeah. means that this show is going to hopefully take this, this whole franchise to another level. Yeah. And the early ones they'd land on the planet and then they would be like paper mache rocks everywhere. And they would just be blasted with like sand in a fan. And that would be your planet. They didn't show shit besides that. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm excited about this. I bet it's going to be like, I think it's going to look really, really fucking good. Yeah, and I yeah. just think, like, the mystery, they, the thing is, like, with with the Alien movies, they're a lot like Jaws, right? Like, the idea of that kind of sci-fi horror, um, I guess Jaws isn't really sci-fi, but, like, it's the same type of horror movie where the scariest thing is the unknown or what you don't see, but you know lurks in the shadows. It's like, I don't need them to spend tons of money on CG xenomorphs. Like, I need mm-hmm. them to, like, find weird goo and, like, be like, what is this? Is this a weapon? Like... That's the kind of stuff that I find more interesting anyways, like exploring the what the hell happened here to these planets or to the aliens that were there that got eradicated or something like that. So, Dude, I love it. Sherlock in space, man. They could combine universes. They should. Well, and then it's funny that Eric likes that. I I find it so funny because while it's few and far between, some of the alien movies are some of the goriest. Not It's not cheesy horror. It's not like Mortal Kombat. Like, it seems realistic when you're watching the movie, right, in the yeah. context of the universe. So I find that I find that just very fascinating every time you bring that up. I, I don't, it's not a, a, like a condemnation of, you know, your, your choice in movies. I just find it, it's very funny. But, but like, maybe awesome there's no the field stuff specifically. There's chest stuff. Chest there's bursts. There's lots of chest. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Doesn't bother me at all. It's like space balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'm sorry I misspoke earlier, guys. I said HBO and Universal, and I meant just HBO and Warner. Um, and so that's kind of what we're on right now. And that would also stick with our next story about Ezra Miller on the outs with DC and maybe on the outs with everybody. Dude is a psycho. He's been a piece of shit for as long as he's been a famous person, and he's still gotten away with it. He's been, I mean, he was like, he has that horrible video from like, he was drunk as hell in Amsterdam and a woman like pushed him once and he just like knocked her out with a punch. It's really gross. Um, and that like, he got the um, Dumbledore secrets of Dumbledore job after that. So I guess people didn't care, but now he's at it again. He's in Hawaii. He keeps getting arrested for like fighting women, I guess is like what his thing is. Um so I don't know. I don't like this guy. I haven't for a long time. And now DC fucking put a bunch of money into him. And they were like, well, into developing this Flash movie, which they think is going to turn shit around for their DC, you know, Justice League universe. And now they got to scrap that. And probably do, at this point, do they recast or just reboot? I mean, the whole thing is such a mess. Um, I don't know. I hope they just start over. I honestly, I think that they would be best off just being like, Everyone, we're sorry. This is DC. We know that this should have been better. We like Battinson. We think that went pretty well. We'd like to go in that direction a little bit more. Um, we'll keep Gal Gadot around. We'll send out a, a Twitter poll on if you guys want to keep uh, Jason Momoa 
because we're not sure if he's good or if you even like him or if Aquaman's even cool. The rest we're going to scrap for good and just start over. We're sorry. And I think I would be like, okay, DC, can't wait to see where we go next. Yeah. But it's just like every movie that they do, they change the entire, like, I I think that they had like an idea of what their universe was going to look like and what the feel was going to be. But some of it is like inappropriately, disgustingly violent and funny. And then other stuff is like noir, dark, you know, mysterious. And then some of the stuff is so unrealistic, like giant, giant starfish. Um, and they blow its eye up, you know, they go into its eyeball and stuff. And then other things are like Batman where he's like getting punched from behind in a fist fight and like getting tired and stuff like that. And so I just think that they thought that they had this idea of what their universe was going to be and it was going to be gritty and it was going to be violent, but it's like everything that they put out seems like it's a different universe to me. And I think that is difficult and it's, it's hard for me to buy into any of it when it just seems so separate. Well, and then they put Zack Snyder and his CG monsters in charge of a lot of stuff moving forward. And this is nothing against Zack Snyder. Um, I know he, you know, went through a lot at the time of like, you know, Justice League being made, but man alive is his style of movie great for a movie like 300 and horrific for comic book movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I totally get it. Like you got, you're trying to make you know, five different, very distinct feeling movies. Like some are funny, some are realistic, some are hardcore and some are super silly. And and then you try to bring everybody together. It's like in the MCU, every movie sort of had a similar tone. You know, they were like plucky and, you know, funny and um, brighter colors. And they all sort of fit. And when you put the characters together, it was actually better. They could play off each other. Yeah. So I think this is a mess. I know we've given a lot of takes on uh, all the stuff that happens in C's universe, but I don't think losing Ezra Miller is going to be a problem. The only problem that's going to be is for our next property, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. They already lost Johnny Depp for something. They're probably going to have to lose Ezra Miller. Hopefully he just dies off in this next movie. And uh, the reviews that they're getting for Secrets of Dumbledore have not been good. This is troubling and if there is a franchise that they have fumbled the most or they have failed the most, it is definitely the Wizarding World, which seemed like a can't-miss property. And somehow they're making their third straight trash movie. Yeah, honestly- it's not good. There's 44 reviews out there. These are the people that like get sent you know, screeners. And they're supposed to be, if you want to get the screener, you have to at least be somewhat positive. And usually somewhat positive is at least giving them a fresh, right? Like you give them a fresh and then you tweet out, yeah, it's a fresh, but you know, you have some problems. Dude, the reviewers didn't even give them that. I mean, that they, they 60% said, okay. And 40% said, nope, I cannot in good conscience say this movie is good. So that's bad. Um, I, I didn't really have high hopes, but I had some hopes, right? Cause they're like, they took what worked about the previous movies and they seemed to focus on that which was the Jude Law Dumbledore stuff. And I think what they did, and, and this is what some of the reviews I read was like, that stuff does still work, but don't you think that your other guys are gone because they are absolutely in there and they jump around and there's for sure fantastic beasts. And you're like, which fucking movie am I watching? And it's more disjointed than ever. I just think that their problem is, is that they, they misread what people love about Harry Potter. So I am a high school teacher When I talk about Harry Potter, I would say 20% of the kids like Harry Potter 
and 80% of the kids have never watched it and think it's stupid. Okay. I think I, I would disagree with your numbers there. I think it's 20% of the kids like Harry Potter, 40% of the kids like it, but would never admit it, even with a gun to their head. And then 40% actually don't like it. And so I think that they're misjudging their audience. I think they think like, man, we're going to make all these theme parks and toys and all of these young people are going to love Harry Potter. But I think what they've done is they've kind of just dropped themselves in no man's land where the kids don't think it's cool or good. The little kids don't want to buy the toys because they're not watching it. It's adult enough that it's probably a little scary for kids. And the things are probably a little, the you know, some of the romance and fanaticism is probably a little adult for kids. But it also it focuses too much on the childish, weird stuff and not on the dark stuff that the adults and the longtime fans have liked. And so I just yeah. don't really know who they're looking to get. It's like they were trying to build a new fan base and they kind of have alienated everybody in the process. And that's well, the other, the other, the other point to continue on in that same thread, Eric, is that there are no kids in the new fantastic beast universe for the most part, right? There's the occasional right. flashback, but it's mostly adults. I think they thought like, well, all of our Harry Potter fans that grew up with Harry Potter are now of the age uh, where they maybe want some more, you know, quote unquote, like adult themed, you know, magical world. And even the people that were already grown ups that enjoyed it will like this. And like you said, exactly. They couldn't have whiffed on this harder. Like it was, it's so bad. They, I think they, they, they were like, Oh, fantastic beasts. That's a recognizable name from the Harry Potter books. It was referenced multiple times. We'll just kind of open that vein and navigate and see where we get. But now like, it was like Fantastic Beasts and where to find them with Eddie Redmayne. Well, nobody liked Eddie Redmayne. He was terrible. The first movie was stupid. And then they're like, well, we got now we got to make another right turn. We're going to bring in Johnny Depp. We're going to bring in Jude Law. And we're going to really focus on Dumbledore. But now it's called Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. But like completely <laughs> moved away from what they originally started out trying to do. I don't know. Like, like Eric said, the whole thing's kind of a disaster. Yeah. And they're trying to do two more after this. So. Oh God! I, I just think, be, yeah. I think the problem bad. is is that like there's too many jobs on the line and too much money tied up into this shit for them to ever just admit their mistakes. And oh, so yeah. to me, it's just like I love Harry Potter. I love the franchise. I want it to go further. I wish that they would just say, you know what, we fucking butchered this. We're sorry. Let us try again. Like here's the reason you should trust us. Who's here's who we're gonna bring in. We're gonna bring in some big time directors. We're gonna bring this and this and this in. Mm -hmm. We're gonna do an HBO show for kids, and we're gonna do an HBO show for adults, and we're gonna expand the universe that way. And like, I would just be like, all right, all is forgiven. But instead, they're gonna make me wait seven more years of just shit movies with Eddie Redmayne and that like Jacob guy who's like a like a old timey New Yorker guy who's gonna be a wizard now. Get the <laughs> I have no interest in any of these characters. Mm. The worst thing you I could say about a movie or a franchise is that the good guys, other than Dumbledore, I hope that they die. <laughs> and that is like the biggest insult ever because I, I like had a tear in my eye when RDJ goes down, you know? Like I right. I hate seeing Sirius Black go down. Like like big good guy characters dying is emotional and it should feel that way and like if this i think his name is jacob if jacob died i would be like yes let's go thank god good choice if they have two more movies after this good choice and, and the craziest thing to me is like eddie redmayne won the best actor for like the danish girl is that right yeah 
which no one saw, maybe. Right. No? No one saw. And then he was nominated, I think, for um, where he played Stephen Hawking as a young the man. Theory too, of everything. Right? So he's, yeah. he's known for these, like, really high concept, you know, either cross-dressing Finnish man from, like, the 1600s or, um, you know. It, and then they, they, they gave him this. And he, boy, did he method act the fuck out of this thing. He made some very strong choices early on with that character. Yeah, so I think they blew this whole thing. I I'm bummed, but I will be seeing it. So yeah, you'll see it. I will. All right, let's move on to a crazy story, and that's this movie called One Hundred Years that was supposedly made in 2015, and it won't be released until get this straight, 2115, 93 years from now. Yeah, this movie probably blows, right? What a stupid idea this was! Like, <laughs> and it's a real movie. There, movie theaters will not exist in in a hundred years. Yeah, like, who even knows? People will be going into virtual reality to live out. You'll be like flying through the air with Spider Man, and that will be the movie. It will be like something right. so absurd. Either that, or it will be like The Handmaid's Tale, and like you know, DeSantis. The movie will be banned before it ever gets released, anyways. DeSantis is like fourth, you know. Generation term term of president, yeah, yeah, we'll be like killing kid people, and he'll be like, he'll be like a like a brain in a robot body or something. That'd be dope. Solid Um, Ninja Turtles reference there, Eric. So yeah, but it's a real movie. Robert Rodriguez like directed it, right? Who's done? I mean, he's not great, but he did some Mandalorian stuff. He's bad, but he's a real director. (laughs) Spy Kids comboed with uh, (laughs) Book of Boba. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Not good. and then, yeah, and, like, John Malkovich is in it, and, you know, I guess we'll probably not see it in our lifetime, I assume, unless science really kicks some fucking ass in a couple, you know, 20 years. At the rate I'm deteriorating, I'm probably not going to make it 20 more years. So, um, yeah, we'll have to see. So, you know, it's a weird story. Uh, it's funny that we're just finding out about it when it was made seven years ago, but I guess it's just that much of a nothing. Well, now they're starting the hype train it, for 93 years. From the now. marketing. The yeah. marketing. <laughs> they're really <laughs> ramping up. John Malkovich is on a press tour. Well, he probably doesn't have a lot of time left. You got to get him out there. <laughs> I think the worst part about this is, is that you know damn right that like so many things are going to happen in the world over the next 100 years. And so many things are going to change with technology. And so many things are going to change. And then like no one will remember to release this movie. Yeah, it's like, never going like to be like, this is going to be in the hands of some responsible person who gives a fuck about this. Like, no one will care. Or they'll be, it'll be somebody that like, they'll hand somebody a DVD, you know, of the recording and the, like the person in a hundred years will be holding it up like, oh, what an interesting invention. They mm-hmm. stored their yeah. data on this compact disc, you know, and like, look, kids, it's a CD. This is from a hundred years ago, you oh know? Oh my God. Well, we're not going to get to see it, so who cares? Do we we care about a movie we're never going to see? No. 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 I actually, like, hope it's bad now because I'm (laughs) sure it's not not an option for me. That's bullshit. If it, I guarantee, Eric, I guarantee you, if a Robert Rodriguez uh, directed John Malkovich starring movie was really good, that shit would not be sitting in the vault for a hundred years. They would have just released it. They would have been like, this is actually really good. We're going to put it out there. We're not going to wait a hundred years. Yeah. But that way, now they can they can put it in the vault, and everybody that was involved with it will be long dead. Maybe like I don't know; these guys didn't know what the fuck they were doing ninety three years ago. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hopefully these people know what they're doing, 
and that's Marvel. They're putting out a Miss Marvel show, and they are going to make it the first ever PG-rated Marvel, um, I don't know, TV show or movie. Uh, I think both, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is cool. Um, I do think that one thing that needs to happen um, with with these universes is that they do have to reach kids, and they have to find kids where they're at. And I think that um, hopefully making shows that will appeal to them, uh, but maybe have just enough that the hardcore adult fans can enjoy it as well um, would be cool. Uh, but I don't know if I'm overly excited about this Marvel show, even though I think it's no. probably... I don't think we were... I don't think we ever were. Uh, and then we saw the trailer, and maybe we were... That was confirmed that's like... Yeah, this feels like a like a kid show, um, you know, like teen girl problems and and that type of stuff. Maybe well, what we can't was relate the, to that as much. What was the Indian uh, the movie or sorry the TV show about the Indian gal that was like going to high school? I referenced it like immediately. I forget the name of the show. Anyway, it's Mindy Kaling's yeah. show, and it felt exactly like that. And so now the PG rating makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're still probably going to watch it. I, I think I will. I just I don't have probably will watch it. I mean, I've watched everything Marvel has put out that wasn't a cartoon at this point. Right. Um, I probably should have watched those as well, but I haven't. So, um, well, let's talk about another thing that uh, we probably will watch, and that's Fast 10. They're adding Brie Larson. I know you guys are really excited about Fast 10. Um, everybody's in it. Uh, in real talk, I'm not going to watch this no matter who's in it. So there's nobody that could that they could add. I think they could add. What if it like, was like, I can't they, think of anybody. They added like, someone that I thought was dead. <laughs> like if they were like Tupac's in it, and they were like not, <laughs> not fucking joking, like he is. like not hollow Pac, like the yeah. the whole thing. Like he's been he's alive. Back. He's been alive, and he's been waiting for Fast Ten. I'd be like, I have to go. like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that might do it. They could what just, about or like Paul Walker just was alive yeah, and he yeah, faked Paul his Walker death the whole time. For the Fast Universe, just to show up and come back in Fast Ten. Yeah, but you I guys, like, okay. <laughs> so funny. You're describing like the worst case scenario for our world, though, because if any of these people come back to life, quote unquote, then the Q nuts are just gonna feel vindicated, and I never want that to happen. So while mm. you may enjoy Fast Ten with Paul Walker, they'll somehow tie it to Trump and JFK Jr. And you see. And These guys right. were if after JFK the pet. Jr. If JFK Jr. was going to be in it, <laughs> they just had his name in the list, so people had to go see if he actually was coming back. I would be pumped about that, and I think that that's just the most asinine bullshit of all time. So, no actor or actress, normal actor actress, could do it for you uh, to get you to this movie. They've tried because they've added everybody. What if What if Robert Downey Jr. was playing the villain? No. No. No, like I would feel bad for him because I would just know how bad it was going to be. I'd be like, oh man, was he a former pro wrestler? How would they ever let him in the movie? What about Daniel Craig as the villain? Oh, I would be so hurt that Daniel Craig took (laughs) Daniel Craig's the villain, Ryan Gosling is the lead, and they took out everybody else. There's no rock. This is a stripped down (laughs) fast 10. It's gonna feel more like drive. If they got rid of the cast, I'd go. Robert yeah. Rodriguez directed. Let's go. Did Robert Rodriguez do the movie Drive? No. God, no. Drive. No, he's, I don't know. Oh. So I, right. I could look it up. Somebody probably pretty cool. All right. Amazon's Mr. and Mrs. Smith is back on. So it was going to be Donald Glover and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. For some reason, 
that didn't end up happening. And now Donald Glover is still going to be in it, but this time it's going to be with Maya Eskreen, who's from what? Pen 15? Yeah. Pen 15 on Hulu, which is really good. It's like her and, and this other actress are, you know, 35 year old or maybe older, maybe they're 40 and they play their like 13 year old selves. Um, like with all child actors around them, it's really a fucking brilliant show. So I'm excited. Like, you know, she's maybe no Phoebe Waller bridge, but it's a cool get. And I just kind of wonder like what happened with this show? Like what happened with the creative differences that would have Phoebe Waller bridge, her standards. She walks away. Donald Glover, who you don't see as someone who compromises his vision stays. What the fuck were they going to do? So I'm very curious about this project, but Maya Erskine, nobody knows who she is, total relative unknown, but I think she's brilliant, and I do care about this, and I'm very curious to see what the show is going to be all about. I honestly don't. I don't think I care about this show at all. I know. I know Donald. You Glover should with the Donald Glover, but maybe I, I just don't see him yeah. being like a hardened badass assassin, right? At this point yeah. in his career, I don't. I don't see that fitting. I don't know enough about your gal from Pen15 to say either way. Um, She's straight goofy. She's very goofy. So I, so I I can't picture her being badass either. I have a problem wrapping my head around the entire premise of who's involved. Yeah. Yeah, we really shouldn't care. Take out Donald Glover, and there's really no reason to even be talking about this. Amazon, who cares? They can't make a good show. A reboot from the 90s, which usually sucks. Um, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Were involved at the peaks of their career and nobody cared. I didn't watch that movie. Yeah. That's fine. Don't worry about it. It's cheesy and um, action heavy and not that great. Okay. All right. Well, let's move on to something uh, and someone who's very action heavy. That's Mads Mikkelsen. He decided he was going to rip method acting, the idea of like being in character on set and the entire time you're filming a movie which every time I hear something about this, I always hate the person who is doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes me dislike mo- like pretty much any actor who I've heard is acting like this. Um, what did he say specifically? He just said that it, he doesn't think it helps. And he sees these movies that you hear, okay, Jared Leto did method acting for months in character as a Joker and mailed, you know, semen to like his co-stars and shit. And then you watch the movie, and not only is the movie trash, he was trash. Like, it's just kind of embarrassing. Um, And so Mads, as like a very professional actor who has done some really amazing work, uh, I think he was nominated for Best Actor not that long ago for that movie where, like, they just wanted to get drunk all the time or something. I can't remember, but it was pretty good. I watched it. Anyways, um, and he was just saying, like, I don't really think it helps. I think it's silly, and it's kind of douchey as hell. So I think he's kind of... uh, It's douchey. It is douchey as all hell. Yeah, I love it. Anything, anytime we can bring up Jared Leto, it seems like we're we're taking that opportunity these days. So, gosh, I, I hate Jared Leto so much. We might have to add him to the bingo sheet. Jared Leto bingo sheet. Jared Leto, finish your drink. The only way we'd ever let him on this podcast is if he asked. Yeah, if he asked, I <laughs> actually if he came on this podcast. I would watch all of his movies and then. How nice would you be? How complimentary would you be if he was? Uh, we would <laughs> we would delete our entire backlog. <laughs> we've had to have him on the show to tell him and the world how good he was. We like, would come on and be like, "You guys, this is episode one of the Leto Cast." Can't. Yeah, <laughs> he's tra- he's a 
He's on a one-man mission. He's trying to revive the dying art of method acting, and we fully support it. <laughs> I do like that punk bitch, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. <laughs> he loves method acting. I check my mail every day for semen or rat parts, hoping before you came on our podcast that you would have been in character as a podcasting <laughs> superstar. You are, Jared. Because we disrespect that so much. Yeah. Jared, right, so- uh, Mr. Leto, to you, thank you yes. very much. Yes, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to uh, one last thing. Severance is renewed for season two. And uh, let me tell you, Severance is my favorite show that I've watched in like a few years. Yeah, that's a great. I'm so. Years. I Wait, is that. Show. Uh, so Severance against the wa- uh, Watchmen. Yeah, like wa- Watchmen and uh, Dark were the last two shows that I think I was just like so into. Um, I loved, mm-hmm. obviously, Mr. Robot. Um, I think this is like one of the better shows I've ever watched. I think it's that. I think Severance was a little more consistent. Like if you remember the early episodes of Watchmen, um, we were a little unsure about it. We were kind yeah. of on the fence for a few. It was unsteady. And then it kind of right. got a little boring in the middle and we're like, oh, and then it just kicked ass the rest of the way through and we loved it. And it's one of our favorite series. Right. But this was like, I was hooked in right away. Um, I enjoyed every episode. The pacing was perfect. It wasn't too like silly with like crazy plot twists constantly uh but they hit you with enough of them to keep you hooked in and it was just like a really well done season they left it open for more which it's renewed so we're getting more um apple tv finally got one it's so simplistically like it's simplistically complex if that makes sense they've stripped down the set Mm -hmm. there's not a lot there it's just hallways and doors and you know what have you and weird machines. And then like, they just take you on this winding journey and it's pretty wild. Like when you, if you would have pitched that show to us on the podcast, it would have been like, I, I don't know. That sounds kind of, kind of lame, kind of boring. Not that great. Yeah. But then when you see it like in action, just like the creepy really idea of like an underground sprawling office building where nobody really knows what they're doing or why they're doing it. And they open a fucking door and there's like baby goats being raised in a, in a room and they have no idea why did I, that kind of mystery works for me. Did I tell you guys about the Lexington, whatever thing last week? Yeah. I got to watch that now that I watched the finale, right? Yeah. So you do need to watch it. It's kind of like gives you a little bit more. It has the manual, like the um, training manual for the people who go okay. down there. And then it has this like Lexington report of like a former person who kind of like ran away from the job and had been talking with their innie through like secret messages. So, okay. Super interesting. Good stuff. They're adding to the universe. And I think the big thing about this is Ben Stiller, to be honest with you, Ben Stiller is your producer for this show. Um, I think he directed quite a few of them as well. Yeah. Directed and produced the show. And it's his only his second time directing and producing a show. The last time was a show called escape at Donna Mora which I heard was like a great show. I told you guys about that show. Yeah. And it was awesome. Ben Stiller, the best thing he did was keep himself out of the series. And I just, I think it's great. Having him in there, I think would sort of ruin the believability somehow. Um, I think it's great, man. I'm, I'm excited for more. I can't wait for more. I find myself watching YouTube videos about severance and like what I missed and things like that. Mm. And 
I really love it. I think they just crushed the show. So do you think this first... has do you think this has potential to balloon into like a massive story, like a massive show, or do you think it's too niche? Well, like too I think it's niche. Yeah. Yeah. I would It's I would dark, it's on... Mr. Robot, it's like it's for us, you know. I don't think it's gonna get super popular, but we're gonna I, fucking I think, stand the hell out of it. I think that like if they told me right now it was a three season show, I'd be the most excited. Yeah, I think. Mm-hmm. Right now, it was a six season show. I think I'd be alarmed. So, yeah, I just think that this story isn't too big, and like I said last week, the mysteries of the show are what makes it fun. And the worst part about a show about mysteries is finding out the mystery, not because you you didn't want to know, but because you know that that's why you love the show. And so, mm-hmm. I hope they hold off, and we get a few bits and pieces in season two, and we get the rest of it in season three, and then that's the end of it. Do you yeah. think this show would be will be end up more like Westworld or more like Dark? Um, it's hard to say. It was really consistent first season, so I think I think more like Dark. Where I think they have more, a plan. I think more like Dark, where they had a plan, and like obviously season three was worse than season one because when you get to what the mystery is, these crazy mysteries, it's never as cool as you thought it was going to be, and that's not a rip on the show. It's just like. I've been saying even throughout this podcast, like the unknown is the coolest part of things. And when you're trying to figure it out, that's the fun. And so I think that it will be more like dark and that would be a good thing. And so, yeah, I want to know about the goats, but is it going to be as cool as the thing I can't even imagine? You know, know. will you be disappointed if they tell you the answer and you're like, well, that's kind of silly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our first on Hot Rex and Hot Rex. That's as hot of a wreck as it gets for me. It's on uh, Apple Plus TV, and it's worth the cost of admission, I think. Like, get the free month trial and binge the show or do whatever well, you got to do. As someone whose Apple Plus subscription expired, I picked it back up specifically for the show and am happy to do so. Yeah. Nice. Well, you can drop it now. Once I finish it, yeah. Right. All right, uh, next up, another great show, Moon Knight. They're through two episodes. Have you guys watched both episodes? Just one. Just I one. have, and I I thought the second one was even better than the first, so I'm excited. I, I think that, like, without spoiling it for Ryan or anyone else, the masterpiece of the show is Oscar Isaac. And it, without, I'm not even spoiling anything. Oscar Isaac is playing two characters on this show. Yep. Literally, and not just not just one guy who's like a superhero, but he's like playing two completely different people, one with an accent and one who's an American. Yeah. And yep. and they can both call on the powers, right? So it's it's kind of like four, but he you know, when he's using his Moon Knight powers, he's still that, you know, version of himself, right? The American version or the English version. So he's yeah. It's, I think the range is there. He is putting a masterpiece on um in what acting can be in a superhero show. And uh, I just, I am desperate for more. I know that this show is going to be almost silly with some of the things it's asking me to, to suspend disbelief for, right? Like it is a ancient Egyptian, like (laughs) battle of the gods, pretty much. That is Mm -hmm. like so beyond what we have seen in the MCU, which is mostly based on um, space gods and technology and this is like really weird for even the MCU. And yep. I need more because I think that they are crushing the story. And Oscar Isaac could not be more perfect for a role. And I think it yeah. also piss, it also pisses me off about Star Wars too, that 
they made him Poe Dameron and gave him just a handful of things to do because he is a yeah, really them. a really a phenomenal actor and in so in so many ways that we probably don't even know about um, and and he deserves any uh, you know accolades that he gets from this show. I did see Jabo let you go get to your point in one sec. I did see that they said that Loki had better initial ratings than Moon Knight, but Moon Knight mm. is well ahead of Captain America, which is not surprising. Okay. I'd say so far I'd probably rank them about that. Like, I think I still like Loki, but I'm, I'm loving Moon Knight. I was just going to say that adding in the Egyptian gods is um, probably on track for what they're doing because I've heard that in Thor, Love and Thunder, which is like going to come out this year, they may introduce like the Greek gods. I think that's Greek, right? Where there's Zeus and Hercules will probably be a character. Um, yeah, Greek and so mythology. we're going to sort of get those yeah. guys. And my guess is they're going to be total douchebags, right? So like, I think the theme of like most gods are not these benevolent forces. They're probably, you know, either actually malignant and a problem or they're, you know, at best just total dicks. Yeah, I don't know. I'm excited. I, any expansion of the MCU is usually pretty cool to me. And I'm looking forward to uh, more Moon Knight because I think it's must-watch television. I know we're only two episodes in, but would you rather have uh, five seasons of Loki or five seasons of Moon Knight? Mm, probably five seasons of Loki. I think there's more to explore there. Mm-hmm. I think Moon Knight will make for a nice like, short series. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess that was more of a question of, like, who do you want to see more of, Hiddleston or, or Oscar Isaac? I probably just want to know more about Loki, but I think I like Oscar Isaac more. So I know that's not I agree with that take as well. Yeah, that's a great answer. Great answer. I, like, I, I'm really intrigued by Oscar Isaac, but, like, I also, like, I think I, I have, like, maybe Oscar Isaac has earned it or he just makes me feel this way. But I feel like he's, like, too cool to be in too much MCU stuff. So we're, like, lucky to have him for a short well, time. I think, I think he's... <laughs> too busy yeah i mean i mean honestly like if i mean i know your your answer was kind of like a joke answer but i think he probably i mean who isn't calling oscar isaac to star in some big project that they have Mm -hmm. everybody's calling it as they should all right uh next up uh atlanta a couple episodes out what do you guys think so far it's brilliant i don't know why i wasn't excited uh you know for or as excited for the show coming up because it's must watch it's it's I think it's back to being funny, funnier again. Um, <laughs> yeah. The last season was more like dark social issue stuff, which is important too. And this has it, but there are laugh out loud moments again in the show. Um, I'm thinking of episode two with the, like the, the deathbed scene in Amsterdam um, where there's this part in it where I fucking just cracked. I was supposed to be Tupac. <laughs> like Tupac was alive, but now he's going to die. He's yeah. dying. <laughs> or the, the advance, the advance on the money. Yes. Not, not when he got it, but then when he gave it to Paperboy, like what he did with it, like that shit made me yeah. literally like crack up. It's like, Oh my God, he went through all that. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's really, really funny stuff. So I'm enjoying the hell out of the show. Uh, Wednesdays, I think, is that what it is? Wednesdays on FX and then Hulu as well. After the day after Hulu. Yeah. Must watch. It is brilliant. Jim, Jim, I mean, that you said it perfectly. That's the best way to say it. It's brilliant. It's, it's excellent TV. Eric, are you watching it? I haven't started yet. We'll watch it. What? The reason I kind of like binge Atlanta. Yeah. I've never watched it like in real time before, but I'm all caught it, up. It's not the most. I, I agree that it's like 
I don't necessarily watch it right away because I know that there's not some big storyline. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah. It's more like what weird bottle episode are they going to do this time? What piece of art are they going to put forward? Um, so you can watch it whenever. And it's like 25 minutes. Right. You know what I mean? Just like, Eric, I think Eric's right. Just take down two, three of them at a time and you'll be good. All right, guys, it's that time again for Eric brings reality TV to the Nordies podcast. Okay. <laughs> I have- if that's the name of the segment, let's workshop that a little bit. But I do appreciate that you do this for us. Yeah. So I always watch our reality television for us uh, here on the Nordies podcast. And I actually kind of like, I I hate to admit it, but I kind of like bad reality TV. And not just any bad reality TV. Like, I don't want to watch, like, anything on network television. Because that would break my, like, cardinal rule. Um, You're not a big brother guy. You're not a survivor guy. Well, I mean, I probably would enjoy them, but I just don't even, it's not even an option to me. And it's too late right. at this point in time for you to get into them. Yes. I mean, I'm a, I'm a diehard challenge fan, um, but I also watch pretty much all of like the bad romantic reality shows. Love is Netflix. Blind. You, you discovered Love is Blind for all of our listeners. Yeah. So I have one for you guys from actually the creators of Love is Blind, and it's got the same hosts of of Nick Lachey and his wife um, on it. They're terrible hosts. They yep. they always try to relate everything to their story or something, but it doesn't work for me. Um, I never <laughs> will forget that uh, she introduced herself as whoever Lachey, and then he said, and of course, I'm Nick Lachey. Yeah. I will just never forgive him for that. That's like, <laughs> duh. <laughs> but I'm watching this show now called The Ultimatum, and I think that reality TV show has jumped the shark. All right. We have gone past the point of no return. And now reality TV is, is actually to harm people. Okay. So <laughs> the ultimatum, they're being overt about it now. The, yeah. The ultimatum is the worst idea that I've ever seen. It is people who are in serious long-term relationship where one person really wants to get married, but the other person isn't ready to get married yet for whatever reason. Maybe it hasn't been long enough. Maybe they're too young. Maybe they want to focus on their career or getting into a better financial place. Maybe they're not ready to have kids, whatever the reason may be. They're just not quite ready to pull the trigger on this marriage. And these people are like 23 years old, you know, they'll be like 23 years old. And we've been dating for 18 months and I really want to get married and they're not ready yet. So I brought them on this show and I've given them the ultimatum. This is the worst show ever. It is like watching a car crash. You will not be able to look away, but you will feel true shame in enjoying it. <laughs> what happens is these six couples where one person wants to get married and the other person's not quite ready, all move into like a fancy apartment complex and they all get to know each other, these six couples. And then for the first week, they all have to speed date the other people who are in the relationship. And then they have to live with them for three weeks to decide if that person is more suitable than the one that they were considering marrying. Oh my God. (laughs) This is an absolute train wreck. I literally, I'm on like the second or third episode. I think it might be the worst show I've ever seen, but I cannot look away from it. I'm going to give this a two thumbs up in my uh, reality TV rankings because if you like reality TV, you will want to watch the ultimatum. So did you say it was Netflix? Yeah, Yeah. it's on Netflix. The full full title of it is called the ultimatum, marry or move on. (laughs) 
they have to decide to propose or leave with the other person that they met three weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) These are people in serious relationships. Like these are not single people. These are people who are like, yeah, we've been dating three years. Um, you know, I'm just not quite ready to pull the trigger on marriage. They really want to get married. Um, but maybe we could both date somebody else and maybe we'll find someone better. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. So, I've been to this person for three years. I'm not ready to marry them. But this person for three weeks? Yes. I'm actually considering it. I think people should give it a try. The Ultimatum on Netflix. All right. Yeah. Next up. Winning time. So good. God damn, it's good. Eric, by the way, thank you. We, do, we don't say thank you enough for putting yourself through those type of scenarios with the ultimatum and love is blind and the other trashy stuff. He he does it to himself. We don't have to thank him for them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He'd be watching it. If there was no pod, this is all he'd watch. He'd still be watching it. Yeah, probably. So um, yeah. Winning time. How great is winning time? Oh my God. Do I love it? Unbelievably good. You know how like, Oh God. And like Ted Lasso is a huge victim of this. When you try and do sports on TV, it sucks all the yeah. time. It always sucks. TV, movies, sports, it, they generally don't mix very it's well. It's so hard to get the moments of the game to feel real. Um, Winning time kind of rocks with that part. They kind of kill it. Yeah. Yeah, it looks great. I love all the characters. Um, I love, like, Adrian Brody as Pat Riley is, like, this fucking creepy-looking, uh, you know, assistant announcer and... Jason Siegel is so good. And does, does this change your mind about John C. Riley at all, Eric? On winning time? I haven't even started it yet. What? No. What are you doing, dude? Well, you got another John C. Riley. I'm appreciating all these fucking classics because I have infinity things to watch. And then when I do have time for winning time, I watch things like The Ultimatum. <laughs> exactly. No one asked you to watch that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all good. We're loving it. We won't spoil anything then, but the guy that plays Magic Johnson is fantastic. Totally unknown. Like they did, they had to like, when, and they cast the show. It's got to be tough because you got to get, I mean, what percentage of people in the world are above, you could look this up, are above 6'3". I mean, not many. And I think these dudes are like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. They're huge and they can act and they look like they're the right age and they look like the fucking, like... You know, like NBA players, yeah, yeah, Kareem or whomever they're playing. It's just incredible casting, dude. John C. Riley, this is his magnum opus, I think. I don't know, <laughs> like he is just fantastic as Jerry Buss. I, I he's like slimy but so lovable too. Like you, it's hard to pull that off. Yeah, he's slimy, like, him. especially really with his especially with his family. Like that's the worst part. Yeah, is like. Yeah, he's a businessman and he's like doing shady stuff, but like cheating on his, you know, wife in front of the kids is kind of like his worst trait, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's a he's a dirtball for sure. Um, but man, what a show. What a show. All right, guys. And then finally, Halo. Uh, this is something Jim, you've been watching. Is this what everyone should be checking out? I don't know yet. I, I like the second one a lot more than the first one. So the second one definitely felt like I was more like watching, you know, a good set of cutscenes from the, the, you know, but obviously looks a lot better than that. But it felt like I was like, okay, I'm really in the Halo universe now. Uh, the first one didn't feel like that so much. So I guess there's another one out. I haven't seen the third one yet, but I'm actually kind of enjoying it. The second episode was pretty good. So I, it's a wreck, but I just, you know, it's early. I haven't even got to do three yet. So. All 
right, guys, it is that time for our newest segment, Eric Eviscerates the Classics. This week, I watched Boogie Nights, the 1997 classic with Sounds right. just a ton of people in it. It has John C. Riley, who we just talked about. Mm-hmm. It has uh, Mark Wahlberg. Your guy, has, your favorite actor. Um, Don Cheadle. Uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, I don't know. Bill Seymour Hoffman, Hoffman, Burt Reynolds, yeah. Heather Graham. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it goes on and on. Um, tons of people are in this movie. Um, so, Boogie Nights. Uh, I made a mistake, actually. I, I was watching the movie, and I didn't know if I was liking it or not, and I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes score, and then I felt pressure to like the movie because it had such a high score with Rotten Tomatoes. It was like a 93. And I probably yeah. shouldn't have done that. That kind of, like, I thought about that the rest of the time while I was watching it. I think, overall, I didn't like this movie. <laughs> I think overall it was actually kind of like didn't have much of a story. Um, like the story was like uh, this kid has a big dick and he's handsome and then he gets discovered by like a porn guy and then he makes porn movies. I didn't care about any of the other characters that I think I was supposed to care about. Like there was so many people on the screen and there were so many characters that were part of this and they were all living their own kind of story, but none of their stories were important. Mm. Um, then it turned into like, uh, uh, what's that movie that I hate so much? Requiem for a dream. It got a little Requiem for a dreamish. Got the a end. little druggy. Yeah, yeah when the, sh- the shine comes off and they're all in tough spots and they're all in yeah. a bad spot. Bad stuff's a happening. Lot of domestic violence and drug abuse yeah. and suicide yeah. and drug abuse and yeah, violence and homophobia and sex work that was not wanted and it was kind of gross for a while. And then, like, at the end, like, they kind of try to fix things, and I don't know. Like, I didn't hate the movie. Like, I think I enjoyed it. It was two and a half hours long, which was really mm-hmm. long for a movie from 1997. <laughs> it was fresh, but I don't know if I would, like, I don't know if I would tell people that it was a great movie. Um, I thought Mark Wahlberg was actually pretty bad in it. Like, I think he might be the worst part of the movie, which is hard because he's the star. But his acting yeah. was really bad. They give him kind of a pass of like, kind of like, just such a naive guy that his bad acting almost works because that's just like seems to be like such, I don't know how the kid is or whatever. But um, I remember it working when I watched it. But that's too bad. I, I didn't know on this one which way you were going to go with it. I had a feeling you might not love it as much. Now I'm worried about Pulp Fiction as well. But we're going to try to get you to watch that at some point too. I, I, it was just like, there was such a lack of story. And this is, this, I was laughing about it. Cause I was trying to think like, what the hell? Like while you guys were talking a little earlier in the show, I was thinking like, what am I going to say? And I came up with like such an insult for this movie. I think it was a worse version uh, of a movie that totally ripped it off um, from 2008 called Zach and Miri make a porno. <laughs> I don't know if I could give a bigger insult to this movie than saying that Zack and Miri make a porno was better because it was. It was better. It was. I think, it was more I enjoyable. Think, I think if you if you watched it again, which I know you won't, but like if you watched it again, I think the whole story is more the evolution of the industry and what it does to people as opposed yeah, yeah, yeah. to as opposed to anything else. I, Any I liked, one character, yeah. I, I liked this movie. Okay. I liked it. And it was a big chance for, like, Philip Seymour Hoffman to have a great role and Julianne Moore to have big moments. And it was, like, a big acting showcase as well. So there's that's part of it. 
Um, I think there are set pieces of like the late seventies and early eighties and the dance scene, they had a whole choreographed dance scene. Like there was some really fun classic parts from this movie, but I thought that like, there was just too many times where I was like, there's not really a story right now. Like I'm just watching people hang out at a house. Like it was kind of bizarre. I kept thinking like, what's the bad thing that's going to happen? Or like, when is the story going to start? And we were like, yeah, it's in. And I kind of was like, I feel like I'm watching a documentary and maybe that was the brilliance of it, but it felt a little documentary. ish. Okay. All right. Hey man, that's fair. I just appreciate that you gave it a try. Boogie nights overall. Um, was good. I would give it a fresh, but I think my rating would probably be like a, a 76. Oh, all right. That's fair. All right. It's in the 90s for me. I thought for me, I, you know, any of these movies you recommend, I think are going to have a high Rotten Tomato score. So don't be surprised by that going forward. All right. Um, finally, guys, we're on our Oceans rewatch. It's the final one of our Oceans rewatch. And this week it was Oceans 8. 8. Ocean this Vegas. one's for the ladies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you I, guys don't about, I don't know about <laughs> I, I don't know why they made this movie. Um, who was in this movie that was in the original one? Or the, in the, any of the original three? Two, two actors I think were in both. Ruben and the Amazing Yen both appeared. Otherwise, I think that's it. And they were in it for a, how many minutes? A combined four minutes. I mean, that was a huge issue for me. Um, who was the main character? Uh, what's her name? Uh, Sandra Bullock? Yeah, Sandra Bullock playing, um, was it Debbie Ocean instead of Danny Ocean? So Danny Ocean's sister. And early on, they say, Danny Ocean is dead. We don't know when or why, but she thinks he may have faked his death, but we never found that out. I felt like he faked his death and they left the door open for them to make Ocean's 14. Yeah, which, they should. That's what I want was the most hopeful part of this that they were thinking about like maybe he faked his death and they're going to make another one. But I just, I kept waiting for the crossover to happen where like Linus would show up or something. And none of that happened. There was nothing. They already had like, they had a Linus and it was Rihanna. Right. And they had like, you know, a Brad Pitt and it was, well, I I can't remember what her name is. Uh, Anyways, a, a bunch of great female, you know, actresses in this. Um, I think that like, well, number one, it's kind of weird. This movie like is starring all women, but it was made by men. So it's kind of weird. It was written and directed by Gary Ross, who wrote like big back in the day, which was great. And then he wrote the screenplays and directed the hunger, hunger games movies. Um, and I think that when they wrote it, they're like, Hey, let's have it star women. And then let's also make it about things that women should like, like fashion and celebrities and make sure we get the Kardashians in it. And I just don't know if the women liked it and then it was maybe too feminine for the men too. I just don't know who this movie was for in the end. I think the best thing they could have done if they want to bring ladies in, which they absolutely should have. And I think Sandra Bullock was like really great in it. Just like mix it up. Have it be like you bring it brought in like half females into the crew and they're working together and that could be awesome. I think that this movie was, I'm going to just say it was two hours long. Okay. And I thought through the first, like, hour and 20 minutes, this movie was, like, an 8 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, an 8. Like, unbearably bad. And then I thought the last 40 minutes were, like, fun. And maybe Mm -hmm. redeemed it. Like, possibly redeemed it. 
and like the whole like how they stole the stuff like the necklace and everything that was all pretty cool i kind of liked all of that i I was kind of like all right this is actually probably better than the things that they were doing to steal things in the last two oceans to be honest right just the rest of the movie was pretty tragic um but i thought they kind of like it was such a mess and then they kind of landed it and i was like i i think i enjoyed that but i'm not sure I, I will say that, like, by the end of it, I was like, fuck yeah, Danny Ocean's not dead. Let's go. I want another one. I wanted more from the universe for some reason. Okay, I, I'm really pumped if there's Ocean's 14, but I don't think I need an Ocean's 9. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> you think and that's confusing, but if you're following along, you, that should make sense. Well, Ocean's Did 14 you? could have some of the Ocean's 8 people in it. Totally would, agree. I'd be cool with that if they brought, like, some of the stars from Ocean's 8 into it, I think I'd be kind of excited. So uh, it's a sig- significant upgrade from having Julia Roberts pretend to be Julia Roberts in yep. Ocean's Eleven. Oh, Sandy Bullock is ten times the the charisma that or Ocean's uh, Twelve. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you think that they came up with Rihanna's character and were like, yeah, her name's going to be Eight Ball, and then and then they got then they cast Rihanna and they're like, uh, we can't call her Eight Ball. That's the Black Ball. So we're going to call her Nine Ball. <laughs> Like, All right, that's fine. Like, what a, hor- what a horrible yeah. name. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't know. Not all of it was perfect. Um, <laughs> and it, had, was and, right and it had Eric's girl in it, Anne Hathaway. I don't mind Anne Hathaway. You know or, what? Oh, sorry, Jimbo. She was actually Jimbo's really girl. good in this. Like, I, you, you know, I, I don't like her, but her for her to, like, play this unlikable actress was probably the role she was meant for. <laughs> and I think she did a great job of being, like, an unlikable prissy actress. Yeah, no, I thought she was pretty good in this. So overall, I'm going to give this a fresh. It's probably not very fresh. Um, yeah, I said it started as an 8, and I think it ended up at like a 66. Yeah, I gave it an 82. I think I liked it maybe more than I... And hey, another Gunners reference, Eric. How about that? There was? I don't I miss it. Yeah, James Corden was like, I didn't want to come over here to the fly across to oh, deal yeah, with this. Yeah. The Gunners are in the World Cup and whatever. I was like, Eric... James Corden was better than I thought he was going to be. Too. I actually, I had a note in here, like, literally, I'm like, I guess I don't hate James Corden. <laughs> James Corden was, like, kind of good, so. I don't know. I know. He might fall into my second favorite late night host at this point. Dude, that was, that reminds me of the one of the best Ricky Gervais jokes from hosting the, the Emmys or Golden Globes or whatever it was. When he yeah. said, uh, we got to see James Corden as a fat pussy. Uh, he was also in Cats. <laughs> <laughs> I like all, all Ricky Gervais. All right, guys. That is all the time we have this week. We'll have to come up with a new rewatch for you guys this week. We'll uh, update you on we have some ideas. Maybe you guys can help us pick. But until then, thank you guys for hanging out with us here on Nordy's Podcast. 